Hey everyone, this is Joe Batanz for RuPaul's Drag Race Recap, here with more DragCon audio. The one you're going to listen to now is Sasha Velour. Sasha Velour was such a sweetheart. Again, I interviewed her in the press room, so it's probably my longest interview, actually. And we kind of get into it. Uh, very thoughtful queen, very super sweet, super nice, and would look you in the eye. In fact, it was almost kind of uncomfortable how she would just hold my gaze as she spoke to me, which is sort of disconcerting when you think about it. But she would just pay very close attention to you and look you in the eye. And so I felt compelled to look her in the eye the entire time as well when we were talking. So just imagine two people just staring at each other. But but she's freakishly tall. And I'm not the tallest person in the world. I'm five foot seven. So it's like this giant drag queen just staring at you in the eye as they speak to you. Uh, other than that, I think the interview speaks for itself. I had a great time doing it. And listen and enjoy Sasha Velour. Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, so, Sasha, a couple of things. Let me get out of the way. I just saw the panel right now. It was fantastic. And one of the things you've sort of been known for, you know, on the Internet is sort of being like the brain this year on RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. And, you know, one of the things I kind of want to mention, because it also transitioned into this, is on the eating disorder mirror moment. Yeah. When uh, that came up, first of all, oh, you know what I want to go back to is the Pulse nightclub. Yes. Which is, is so funny that you were the one that brought up that people of color are mostly the victims. I remember that kind of bringing a tear to my eye. Do you want to elaborate more on that? Like, why, why not to anything against you, but that a white person was the one that right. bring that up on that show. Like, how was your, how were you, how did you feel during Pulse? Well, I actually feel like, especially as a white person, I like every time that I can speak up so that it doesn't always fall on people of color to have to talk about the issues that people of color face. That's something that I can do to help to be a, be- a better and more yeah. responsible white person. I, I was really troubled that that specific and important aspect of Pulse was like was really getting glossed over a lot when talking about it. And I'm really afraid that looking back historically that that might not be featured that that might that it might be sort of all talked about as a general lgbt issue or even worse a general kind of terrorism issue because the fact that i mean i I think the way that 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 lives have different value when we're talking about lgbt people and specifically lgbt people of color and then when it's gender non-conforming lgbt people of color um and it's we have to continue to remember. I think how, it, how it, to see it clearly, so that we can we can hope to create some kind of change in in what lives are valued. So going back down to the eating disorder mirror moment when Eureka, but more importantly to the apology, which I think is actually more important because it makes sense what she said was sort of offensive, and then you yeah. you kind of stood up for other people. But one of the things I remember thinking as a fat person was that. I wish there would have been more of a discussion. Maybe there was, and it was edited out, of maybe other people's relationship with food, not just the anorexia and bulimia. What did you think when you saw that mere moment? Like, in other words, those mere moments, are they making you uncomfortable watching them back, or do they remind you of good moments in the workroom? They, they, remi- they, they remind me of the real moments in the workroom. I think a lot of times, you know, like when you have an argument with someone, I always, um, when I do, I always go back and wish that things had been said a little differently. 2020 hindsight, you think you were able to see it with a lot more clarity, and and I think both Eureka and I have looked back at that discussion, and we can see so clearly the way yeah. that both of our histories with food and our, our concerns and pain surrounding our own bodies um, have informed that conflict. It's so clear. It's like such a... And seeing it on TV, it's such a beautiful moment of like yeah. real human misunderstanding. Like there is no way that that could possibly have, have been scripted because it's just... It's so, so real. And in some ways, more is said without 
without needing to be said than if we had really gone into the specifics of each of our histories and our sensitivities. But I think it speaks volumes anyways. So let me ask you this question. Something I've always been curious about, and I'll probably ask it a lot here at DragCon, is because we're in it right now. You're in it. You're watching it. You're watching a year ago played back (laughs) to you, right? So one of the things I think about is the night before they announced Meet the Queens. You know, you've been silent from filming to then. Mm Mm-hmm. And now we have a history knowing what happens when you are announced. Is there like a, what is, what is sort of the energy or the thought process going on in the days, weeks, hours leading up to that announcement? Like, I'm going to go from relative anonymity yeah. to super fame mm-hmm. and being hounded and people wanting to talk to me. And knowing that's going to happen, what, what's going through your head during those months, the weeks, <laughs> the days, the hours, the years? Um, like a lot of excitement mixed with the great existential terror because suddenly you're your life and your person are not private anymore and it's like all open for people to evaluate and that's part of the fun of watching the show is evaluating the quality of the drag so it's you know i felt it like exposed but also the good thing about the long wait from filming is you know we are all ready we're ready to to be out there we've been working on our drag everyone improves after filming because you get a kind of engaged critique from the judges that you can never find out in the world and so like I was excited to to revisit where I was six months before and also to show the world like where I am now okay so last question um how has it been now what you anticipated to where you are now how has it been exactly what you thought more better worse (laughs) it's been different I feel I I I tried not to have too many expectations, just just the sheer joy of be, having this platform and letting it take me wherever wherever it could. Um, I have I have learned. I think that my I lived in a bubble in Brooklyn where my drag is glamorous and fishy by contrast, and I see that there's a lot of a lot of people aren't are. Um, are made a little bit uncomfortable or confused by the type of drag that I do. And that's been really, really interesting. That's brought in my perspective on what drag means in the world as a whole and how I can continue to push people's buttons in good ways. All right. Well, Sasha Valor, thank you very much. You're in my top three on some sort of thing. And good luck. Don't disappoint me. All right. Thank you so much.